Welcome to Life Church. It's great to have you here today. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And uh, we're kicking off this series last week called First Comes Love. And Pastor Aaron talked about a marriage made in heaven last week. Today I want to talk to you about what it looks like to raise godly children. It's a big topic. I mean, it, I, I have four kids of my own. Before I get into the word today, let me show you my family. I have a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And if you're a parent here, you know that a picture like that is, uh, is not really what parenting is all about. It's not really what parenting looks like 90% of the time, where everyone matches, everyone's smiling, nobody's fighting, everything looks good, you know, everybody's hair is done just right, the lighting, all of that. But we all know what it takes normally to get to that point is stressful. I mean, parenting is difficult. It's anxiety-filled. It's, it's oftentimes emotional. It can be messy. It can be just flat-out gross. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Like parenting, there are so many nasty moments in parenting. We had one of these this past summer. I was, uh, we were driving up to my parents' cabin up in northern Wisconsin, and, uh, and, and so we were going to spend a few days there. And as we're driving, I mean, how many know that a three-hour drive is about 45 bathroom trips, right? So we're, we're doing one of those where I hear a kid kicking in the back. And it's always like to the point of emergency when they tell you and when the kicking begins. And so a kid has to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, we're nowhere close to a, a, a gas station. I'm just going to pull off on the side of the road. We got a McDonald's cup. You can pee in that, and we'll, we're going to keep going. This should take like 30 seconds, and we're going to keep. I want to get to the cabin. All, all the dads know what I'm talking about. And so the next day, 24 hours later, I had forgotten to throw the cup away. I just left it in the cup holder. The next day, I'm driving. And I usually have like a water or a coffee or so. I like to have something you know, to drink while I'm driving. And I reach over instinctively, not thinking at all. I take that McDonald's cup and I took a massive thirst-quenching swig of my child's urine. I mean, it, it, to this day, I've, I've never had anything grosser happen in my life than that moment. I knew it immediately, opened the window, spit it out. My dad was with me. He's like, what in the world was that? I'm like... I, I explained what had happened. I mean, just, I mean, best case scenario, that was going to be warm soda. You know, that was 24 hours old. That would have been gross. So I don't even know what I was thinking. But man, parenting can be just flat out gross sometimes. And I could probably tell a dozen stories that are close to that level of of grossness. But I I won't gross you out any further today. But I say all that to say parenting is difficult. But the Bible has a lot to say about what parenting, raising a godly child, can look like. And I know that a message like this is going to apply differently to the different people who are listening to this. I know that there's some people that you don't have kids yet. And so you look at this through the lens of being a future parent. There's some of you that your kids are all grown up and you're more in the grandkid phase or maybe even the great-grandkid phase. And so it's, it's a little bit different for you. Or there's some of you who don't have kids and maybe there's no plans for kids. But I would suggest this. Life Church is absolutely full of children. In fact, 37% of the people who attend this church are under the age of 18. 37%. Just to put that in perspective, 24% of Americans are under the age of 18. So we have like a 50% higher rate of minors here at Life Church. That's a lot of kids. And it's our responsibility as a church to teach and train children in the way that they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's what the word says, and we're going to get into that today. 
But that 37%, they're the future politicians, they're the future business leaders and community leaders, they're the future pastors. That's the future of the church. The old adage is it takes a village to raise a child. And in the body of Christ, for a child to, to learn what it looks like to be a Christ follower, it takes every one of us. It takes kids leaders and, and youth leaders that are pouring into the next generation. And so I want us to look at this lens through the lens of raising godly children in the context of a church today. The Bible gives us a ton of advice on this topic. And, and I would suggest not just advice, it's not just here's some good tips, but it's a formula. It's a pattern that we can follow as parents to raise our children in a godly way. And I want to give you the formula up front and then we'll kind of break, there's three different parts of the formula, we'll break down each one together. But the, the formula is simply this, teach plus train equals leave. Teach plus train equals leave. If we teach a child about the things of God and we train them in what it looks like to be a Christ follower, then when they leave someday, they will follow Christ when it's their own decision. That's really what that formula is all about. And that's the pattern we see in scripture today. It's easier said than done, so let's kind of dive in today and look at each part of this. The first part is teach. We are to teach children about the things of God. You, parents, are the primary teacher of your child. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 3, it talks about this. It's, it's a passage of scripture known as the Shema. It's something that is uh, very prevalent in Judaism. In fact, to this day, a, a, good, a practicing Jew is going to say this every morning and every evening because it, it really defines what it means to follow God. And there's one verse in particular that sticks out today, but I'm going to read the whole thing. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 3. Hear Israel and be careful to obey uh, so that it may go well with you and you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Verse 7, this is the key verse. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Parents, it's our role to impress upon our children the commandments of the word. To teach them what it looks like to be a Christ follower. And that's something that can't be relegated to a kid's pastor or a youth pastor. I mean, we have great kids pastors and youth pastors at Life Church. They do a phenomenal job, but they're with your child on average one hour per week. The other 167 hours every week, that's you, mom and dad. That's your responsibility to teach your child about the things of God. So what does that look like? Because it's, it's easier said than done. What does it look like to teach my child? Does that mean like I need to have like charts and I need to do like a big presentation every night before they go to bed? Okay, let's, let's talk about this is what it means to be a Christ follower. You can do that if you want, but it's not quite that. It's teaching on a regular basis. It's looking for opportunities. And I would suggest to you today that it's really, it's trying to create a thirst for God in your child. David, the psalmist, writes about this all the time in Psalms. He, he says things often. In fact, in Psalm 63, he says, I thirst for you, O Lord. He uses that language all the time. He's saying, I just, I long, I yearn, I hunger for the things of God. 
Like that's, that's, that's what I want to create in my kids. I want my kids to have that kind of thirst and that hunger. And I think teaching your child in the ways of God is really instilling a hunger. It's instilling a thirst for God in their life. There's ways that we can do that. It's not easy, but it's something that is intentional that we can do. First thing, I think we can talk about God regularly in our home. How often do you talk about the things of God in your house? I know that that seems obvious, but do you do that? Do you regularly point, do you connect dots back to the things of God? I know it's obvious, but it's saying things like, hey, you know, I was reading in scripture today, dot, dot, dot. You know, it's, it, it, it's saying like, look how God has blessed us. This promotion or this, this new car or new house, it's pointing it back to, we have this because God has blessed us. It's talking, it's weaving God into regular conversation in your house. I know it's obvious, but it's so, so often overlooked. Are you intentionally doing that in your home? It's talking about God. It's, it's making church a priority. Now, I understand I am completely preaching to the choir on this one. If you're listening to this, you are going to church. You're at home going to church or whatever, and that's awesome. And so I know that you already get this, but let me just give you, a, there was a study done that I was reading about. It was just absolutely astounding to me. And it talked about when a child leaves the home, how likely they are to go to church is based on if they went to church as a child. And so the study, it, it, it broke down into different categories. It said if mom and dad both go to church regularly, that the child will go 72% of the time. 72% of children will be church goers if just mom and dad go to church regularly. And then it broke it down if just the dad went to church but the mom didn't, it was like 55% of the time they would go to church as an adult. And then if just mom went but the kids didn't go, it, it dropped down to 15% of the time. But if neither mom or dad went to church growing up, the child would go to church 6%. 6% of adults would go to church. They grew up in a home where mom and dad didn't go to church. 6% versus 72%, just the simple act of making church a priority is absolutely instrumental. And I, I know that just going to church doesn't make you a Christ follower. I understand that. But it certainly is an indication that you have a relationship with Christ and that you're on that path. Staggering statistic. Simply make church a priority. Or maybe it's serving together. Your children seeing you serve other people is critical. It's, it's critical to their development. It, it, it teaches them the value of other people, of loving people right where they're at. And so maybe it's Life Center. Maybe it's going to, to, to take your kids with you. Hey, we're gonna serve at the food pantry today. Or maybe it's, you know, I know we just talked about the hygiene drive. It's, but it's not just writing a check. It's saying, hey, kids, I want to show you what we're doing. We're going to give $50 because we believe that it's going to go to impact somebody else's life. And that's what we are. That's, that's who we are as a family. So we're going to do, it's being intentional about it. Teaching children in the way that they should go. Teaching them. The second part of the formula is similar, but it's different. The second part is the word train. Teach plus train. Now, teach, again, the, the lines can be blurred between the two of these very easily. Teaching is more, a little bit more informational. It's may, being more you know, intentional about telling kids about what they should do. But training takes it a step further, and it's more about modeling it for them. 
Not just saying it, but it's also doing it and showing them what it looks like to be a Christ follower. This is where the rubber meets the road as a parent. Are you modeling it for them? Proverbs, we, we've already uh, kind of talked about this verse, but Proverbs 22.6 says, start off on the way, start children off on the way that they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. As a parent, I, I would encourage you, uh, the book of Proverbs is absolutely full of parenting advice. I mean, it, it talks about so many different areas of what it means to raise godly children. I'd encourage you to read the whole thing, but let me give you a few things that the book of Proverbs talks about specifically when it comes to training your child. It, it talks about in Proverbs 3, verses 9 through 10. I'm not going to get into all of these. We could spend a lot of time on this, but if you want to look it up later. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it talks about training them to manage God's resources. It's teaching them uh, to manage resources well and be a good steward of what God has given you. Uh, a few uh, Christmases ago, uh, it was one of my kids, it was probably three, four years ago. My mom was, was kind of doing the Christmas story with all the kids and she was reading them the story and she was kind of getting to the point of at the end of it where she was going to talk about salvation and how important it was. I mean, she was doing the whole teaching children. She does that very well. Uh, but she got to the end of the story and she said, so I have a question to ask you. What does God want from you this Christmas? You know, she was alluding to, she, he wants relationship. He wants our, our, our heart, you know. And my son raises his hand and, and she points on him and says, yes, what, what, what's the answer? And he says, I know what God wants from me. He wants 10%. He wants 10% of my money. <laughs> you know, and it was, it was kind of a funny moment. Uh, the adults kind of heard it. We're kind of chuckling a little bit. But it was also a proud dad moment because I knew in that moment, yeah, it wasn't the right answer of what, you know, she was talking about right there. But he was starting to understand the concept. Yeah, God does want 10% from, like, he does want the tithe. He does ask of that from us. It's teaching children how to manage God's money. It's, it, it's training them to select friends. Proverbs uh, chapter 13 verse 20 talks about this. Are you training your child what a, what a good friendship looks like? This is tricky as a parent. This is something that, that I'd encourage you to ask questions about your friends. Tell me what you like about so-and-so. And, 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 and again, it can get, you want to be careful. You don't want to be a judgmental parent, but you also want to help them guide they're friendships. I mean, you'll have moments, we've already had a few of them, where a friend kind of goes down a different path, and we have to talk to them about, you know what, that they're not a terrible person, we're going to pray for them, but it also means we probably can't hang out with them as much. Like it, so it's having those conversations. The, the uh, adage that I learned growing up was, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it's kind of, kind of cliche, but it's so true. The friends that your, your child surrounds themselves with, when they get into middle school, those will start to have a bigger influential voice in their life than you will as a parent. It's, it's, it's hugely important. They know how to select friends well. Train them to watch their words. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24 talks about this. And this one's simple. because it's not, it's not easy, but it's simple because mom and dad, the best way to train your child to watch their words is for you to watch your words. We've all had those moments where our kid says something, we correct them on it, and then we realize they learned that from me. Like, I said that, and therefore they're going to say it, and we have to watch our words and train our child to watch their words. Train them to be responsible. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 talks about this. Let me just give you a practical example, uh, some advice on this. If a child breaks a toy, it's a great opportunity for you to train them to be responsible. 
take that as a teaching moment. Make them buy the new toy. <laughs> we, they won't like it at first, but they, it will train responsibility into their daily habits. And so we had one of these situations recently where one of our kids broke a toy, and it was a pretty expensive toy. It was a, about a $60 toy, and it was because they were being careless with it. And so their Christmas money that they were planning on doing you know, this other thing with, they replaced a toy. And they're not happy about it at first, but it, it trains responsibility to them. Train them to guard their hearts. Proverbs 4.23 talks about guarding your heart for out of it is, flows the issues of life. Guard your heart. Parent to the heart, not to the action. That's, that's an entire different message, but train them to guard their heart. Train them to be generous. This kind of goes hand in hand with, with managing resources well, but it's a little different. Proverbs 11.25 talks about this. Train them to be generous people. When you give something away, maybe you give a vehicle away, involve your kids in that. And not in like, hey, look at me, look what I did, you know, or whatever, but it's, it's training them. They need to see that. They need to see your generosity. When you give to greater, I would involve, they don't need to know amounts and all of that, but involve them in that process. Go through the greater book with them and say, hey, mom and dad are gonna commit to give money to this because we believe in helping other people. We believe that's what scripture would have us do. It's being generous. God so loved the world that he gave. It's, it's connecting those dots for your child. Lastly, train them to fear God. Train them to fear God. Proverbs 1, 7 talks about this. And this, is, this, this one, let me give you some advice on this one that, that I was told years ago. Like when your kid is really little, let, let's say like under the age of two or so, um, you can still train them to, to fear God. Uh, you can do things like have them, have them kiss the Bible. It's not weird, it's, it, it teaches them, it trains them to have a reverence and respect for the word of God because they, you know, at that point they don't know what's going on and, but that is something that they can, they can value and understand. When they get a little older, maybe it's simply saying, hey, we're all gonna pray out loud at dinner time or we're gonna pray, we do this at bedtime. Every kid doesn't, you know, when they're about three or so, it's you're praying out loud and it teaches them, it trains them how to have a reverence and an honor and a relationship with God. Then they get a little bit older and you have them memorize scripture. You'd have them do more Bible study. I mean, you, you kind of have them get into the word a little bit more. But start somewhere. Be intentional. Training it, it can sometimes be very difficult because we have to be very intentional about it. It doesn't just happen. It's mostly caught. You know, Pastor Aaron says this all the time when it, it, about missions and other things that it, it's caught, not taught. And that's so true. I believe in parenting, it's taught and caught. When it comes to the things of God, it's at early age, it's more taught, and then it's caught as well. You have to model it as a parent. Teach plus train equals leave. That's the last part today. Leave. I know that that, that sounds really harsh, like get out of the house, but some of you parents are right at that phase right now, and you're already thinking of what you're turning that bedroom into, and that's, <laughs> that's okay. But when you teach and train your child well, when you do that well, the result is they will leave and they will serve God when it's their own decision. That's really what it's about as a parent. That's what the formula leads to. I've heard it said before that, uh, you've heard this, this quote, that life is a marathon, not a sprint. And I agree with that. It's, it's, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. I get that, and I get what it's saying. 
But when it comes to parenting, I take it a step further and say life, parenting is not a marathon or a sprint. Parenting is, is a relay. And the first 18 years of a child's life, you as a parent have the baton. And it's teaching and it's training. There's a lot of crying that's going to happen with that. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of stress. There's anxiety. But it's pushing through and saying, I'm, I'm responsible for this child right now. I'm responsible for them. And I want to make sure when I hand that baton back to them so that they can make the decision for themselves that I've given them every example, every teaching. I've poured my heart into them so that they're ready to make decisions on their own when they leave and they leave well. I'd encourage you, parents, to start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. Begin right now to start thinking through, what do I want my child to grow up to be? I'm not talking about a firefighter or a dinosaur as, you know, our little kids, <laughs> they, they want to be crazy things. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, what do you want them to be? What do you want them to become? Who do you want them to become? What do you want their character to look like? I'd encourage you, mom and dad, sit down, write that out. This next week, today, this afternoon, whenever, write out what does it look like? What do we want our kids to become? For me, I, I know I want my kids to love God with all their heart. I, I, I want them to have a passionate, thirst-type relationship with God. I want them to have healthy relationships with others. You know, I want them to be good at selecting friends and have good, healthy relationships because they're going to need those. They're going to need people that help sharpen them, other Christ followers. I want them to, you know, graduate high school and, and pursue a career, whatever that may look like. I want to encourage them in that, that they have a calling, whether it's ministry or marketplace, a calling is on their life. I want to help develop that in them and help them reach those goals. Pray with them about that. Help them in their college pursuit of that. I, I, I want them to marry somebody. This is huge. I want them to marry somebody who loves God with all their heart. You know, I, I want them to marry somebody who loves God more than they love my child. You know, like that, that, I want that for my kid because I know that's so important for then my grandkids to have that model and relationship to look on. As a parent, what do you want? Like, what are you looking for? I'd encourage you to write those things down. And I know you probably are like, well, yeah, of course I want all those things. But if you've written them down and then back up, Start with the end in mind and then back up and say, okay, what am I doing today? My child is, you know, two years old. And sometimes it can be easy to think, well, man, when they get a little older, I'll worry about all that. No, 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 start today. What are things I can do right now to begin to prepare them for that? When I look at that picture that I showed you earlier of my kids, I see four individuals that God has blessed me and my wife with but placed an incredible responsibility on our shoulders to raise them to love and serve God. And there's days where I get overwhelmed by that, if I'm just to be honest with you. But I believe that God has given us the tools. I believe God has given us the peace and the patience that we need to raise godly children. I just had one of those moments a few weeks ago where I was just feeling overwhelmed. I was just, I felt like a failure as a parent. I felt like, you know, I just, everything was, I just was having one of those days. I remember God very clearly 
encouraging me with a verse in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. He says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what God desires for you as parents. Sometimes we take on too much responsibility there and say, okay, no, no, take, take, a, take a deep breath. God has, will give you the resources you need to be successful as a parent. There's a verse in a, a couple of verses in Numbers chapter six. It's a very famous blessing that Aaron, that God gives Aaron to bless the Israelites with when they are uh, wandering in the wilderness. And it's kind of like one of those encouraging moments that God prays this blessing, wants Aaron to pray this blessing over the Israelites. It's very famous. You've probably heard it before. Uh, it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. It's a blessing that was really, the crux of it was meant to be a blessing to bless them with peace for the journey. He knew that the Israelites were going through a difficult time in life, just wandering in the wilderness with uh, the promised land wasn't quite there yet. And he says, I'll give you peace for the journey. And today I believe that God wants to give us peace for the journey. To take a deep breath that, that, that realize that God will give us peace. He will give us the grace that we need to be a good dad and to be a good mom and to raise our kids to love and serve God. And so today as we close, the band is gonna play a song that is directly taken from scripture, from this scripture. It's called The Blessing. And we're not gonna necessarily stand and worship today. You're welcome to, but it's more for you to sit there and let these words pour over your heart. Let the peace of God that transcends all understanding reign and rule your heart today. Father, we thank you for your help. We thank you for the, your peace that you give us as parents. And we thank you for giving us the tools, giving us the resources, giving us the peace and patience we need to love and serve you well and to help our children love and serve you well. And we're reminded today of these, this scripture in Numbers chapter six that you give us peace for the journey. And so God, today I, I pray that you would let that peace pour over our hearts right now. In your name we pray, amen.